You can't talk about art history without seeing the impact Catholicism has had on art and the impact that art has had on Catholicism. It's time for our monthly art history lesson with Charles and Amanda Shepard from the Fort Wayne Museum of Art. This is Kyle Hyman here at the Fort Wayne Museum of Art to get my monthly art history lesson from Charles and Amanda Shepard. Thank you for accommodating me sure. and, and stooping down to my <laughs> my level of art competency. It's Thank the least I could here. do, Kyle. <laughs> if there was anything Feel sorry less, for you, but I'll do it. <laughs> well, today we're talking about a really interesting time in art history, and it spans the Anglo-Catholic divide. So we're talking about a group of artists that kind of hovered around Catholic art, but I don't think we'd explicitly call it Catholic art, although the subjects are very Catholic, and we'll get to that. Hmm. So, we're talking about Sir John Everett Millay, who lived from 1829 to 1896, and he was one of the founders of the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. And this was a small group of artists, about seven, who wanted to return to what they thought was a more natural and realistic style before Raphael, who was an Italian painter who lived from 1483 to 1520. They felt that Raphael and his students and contemporaries corrupted art by generalizing realism, mm -hmm. by omitting certain details that made subjects look real and kind of gritty, and thus elevated the human figure to kind of a generic, statuesque, overly idealized, and therefore unrelatable form. So, for example, sitters might be wearing Greco-Roman robes to make them look more... Um, Regal and noble. Yeah, noble and important. Wearing jewels that they normally wouldn't wear, or their skin might be the texture omitted and the color overly unified. So the Pre-Raphaelites rejected all that and really were in favor of nature. They were influenced by John Ruskin, who extensive writings on this return Back to basics, that um, doesn't mean they sacrificed skill or style. Very mm -hmm. skilled group of painters. Um, Is this where we get into the landscapes and stuff that they were? I feel like you've talked in the past of like this, when they went from, was it landscapes to religious or religious to landscapes? Well, religious to landscapes because they thought the landscape, you know, is created by God uh -huh. and the beauty of God would shine without using people. Okay. Uh, or sometimes they would reference people indirectly by a beautiful landscape, lush and overgrown, and a humble little cottage in which right. the human lived kind of thing. So is that this era or is this something well, different? Th it's a cousin here. Okay. But but this part first with the pre-Raphaelites is gonna is gonna involve more people and involve them in the way that you're describing, which would be you know, more real, actually. Yeah, depictions of real real people living real lives. And Everyday kind of occurrences. Yeah, yes. yeah and I think... Instead of posed for a photograph in a, sure. a natural spot. Yes, okay. yes. And yet every day as a holy moment, so, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. So, Malay's most controversial painting was Christ in the House of His Parents, um, painted around 1850, and it was so reviled by... English elites 
Charles Dickens said things about it that I don't feel comfortable repeating for our listeners because, really? yeah, very critical of how the Holy Family is depicted. And I'll, I'll describe it for you. It shows a Christ child about eight or nine years old. He's working with his family in the, the family's carpentry workshop. We have Christ who has cut his finger on a nail and he's barefoot he's red-haired he's surrounded by wood shavings kind of the controlled disorder of a wood workshop his mother mary kneels next to him offering her cheek for a kiss john the baptist is to the right carrying a bowl of water which prefigures his role huh. as the baptist and we know this is john because of what he's wearing his iconography is fur uh -huh. <laughs> um he's also about the same age as christ which makes right. sense biblically joseph examines the wound and then um Anne, his grandmother in the background has it looks as though she's removed the nail with a, a tool or pair of pliers <laughs> so th this was criticized because it shows the holy family not in their idealized highly posed clean environment they were in a real life carpenter's workshop it is filled with catholic symbolism so to the left we see a basket of reeds which prefigures christ being um hit you know mm -hmm. um, slapped with reeds for his passion the we, basket almost could be like a crown of thorns yeah it's yeah, just sort, filled yes. um behind christ there's a, a, a primitive wooden ladder with a white dove <laughs> symbolizing the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. um, behind John the Baptist, we have wooden boards, which symbolize the cross. Mm -hmm. Behind Anne, out in the pasture, we have sheep, mm -hmm. the flock, wanting to get in. Right. <laughs> Christ is shown in, in almost the dead center of the painting with all figures turning toward him, which symbolizes Christ as the center of everything. Uh-huh. And also behind him hanging next to the dove on the ladder is a triangle, which symbolizes the Trinity. Sure. So this rich, detailed, natural symbolism really was controversial because it was, it was the gritty truth which connects the painting to the gritty truth of the church, mm -hmm. of the true church, not the post-Reformation Anglican church. And it wasn't explicitly a Catholic painting. I didn't find anywhere that Malay identified explicitly as a Roman Catholic, but the pre-Raphaelites wanting to return to a time before the corruption, the supposed corruption of Raphael. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that Raphael corrupted things, but they thought that he had corrupted art follows closely with the thinkers of the Oxford movement especially John Henry Newman, who wanted to re return to the pre-Anglican days of the church and be more Catholic. Mm. And so the two groups were loosely correlated with one another, which is why this painting was so criticized, because you know members of the high Anglican church did not want to be Catholic. And mm. so this art, which is so realist and so rich with Catholic symbolism, was really not well liked. Queen Victoria, because of the controversy of the painting, she arranged for a private viewing just so she could see what it was all about. Um, but I think it's a wonderful painting, even depicting Christ as a 
redheaded boy. What Charles Dickens had to say about this depiction of Christ is, it's borderline sacrilegious, so I can't even say it. But <laughs> if you're curious, look it up. It is really, really nasty, which is ironic because Dickens is known as a realist in his writing. Hmm. Um, but apparently this was just too much for the Anglican establishment. It almost reminds me of like a Norman Rockwell kind of a thing. Oh, a you're little, so right. A little yeah. more... I don't know, messy. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, there's like shavings all over the it floor, is. and it's funny that you say that um, because it's a messy environment, but it's a very tightly controlled, well executed painting. I mean, it's a brilliant painting. Yeah, it's the the draftsmanship, the color choices, the details, very competent painting. What I read is that even though this is meant to be a realist. Um, depiction of a real family. It's heavy with symbolism. Mm -hmm. So it's not a literal depiction right, of, right. you know, who knows if John the Baptist ever actually was in that place and time sure. with Jesus. He or, certainly wasn't wearing a camel. Right. No. <laughs> or that he would, you know, have a bowl of water with him because later he would become the Baptist. Right, right, right. <laughs> or, oh, there was, there was a dove there at the time because uh -huh. the Holy Spirit was coming. No, these are all tools of the artist to tell a story yeah. in one particular place and time. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. It, people definitely need to check this out. You really need to see this painting. I, I feel like this is something I want hanging up in my house. I think, I think you it. can buy prints of it. Yeah. I was thinking about it myself. It's a beautiful painting. And, yeah. and as you say, that each detail reinforces the story. Mm -hmm. It's been very calculated uh, in its placement and very calculated in its coloration. It is warm. And fuzzy like a Rockwell, yeah, in, in a sense. But but there's also the sadness of his crucifixion that we all know happened. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's a warm and lovely environment, but everything points to his crucifixion. Mm -hmm. Now, before we run out of time, I have to move to the next painting, yeah. also by Millet, painted in 1881 of Cardinal John Henry Newman. And, now a saint. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, this was painted when Newman was about 80 years old in 1881. And the realism in this portrait is telling also. You look at his hands, you see the blue veins mm -hmm. of his aged, mm -hmm. thin skin. He's not standing tall and mighty and, you know, as the intellectual giant that he was, he's older and <laughs> looks a little tired yeah <laughs> his eyes are are heavy um there's nothing behind him no flashy greco-roman columns he's in his full cardinal robes um he's painting it just as he is sitting here yeah which would have been a hallmark of the pre-raphaelites to paint things as they are blue veins and uh -huh. mottled skin and thinning hair and all right now, I, I don't know the history of why this painting was commissioned, but again, the connection between this particular artist and this great Catholic figure who converted from the Anglican Church, I, that Catholic connection is really interesting to me. Yeah. So, this is the same artist. Same artist. Both of these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I think with my untrained eye, you see some similarities, but also kind of a different approach it's a very different approach i mean the christ in the house of his parents is it's based on real events but it's a fictional scene and then the portrait right. of john henry newman is not fictional 
in almost any conceivable way. So practically speaking here, obviously he doesn't have the Holy Family to pose for him. So is he getting models Mm -hmm. to pose in these positions and Mm -hmm. he paints them? Mm -hmm. And then what about with John Henry Newman? He would have sat for him. A model? No, no, no. He he would have actually used Newman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He would have sat for the artist. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and the difference that that points out too is that when Newman's sitting for him, um, he approaches Newman's age as shown through his facial features and his hands, you know, quite directly and honestly in the posed uh, painting of the home of Jesus and his parents, everybody has a slightly less specifically real appearance, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit, everybody's skin is fair and perfect. They're, they look like characters in a story. Uh-huh. Even though, like an illustration, like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Millet was an illustrator, and I also want to add to which is a very Catholic theme is that Mary and Jesus are united. They're the only two figures that are um, closely embracing because she's on her knees. She's on her knees on his level. Yes, and and he's showing the stigmata on his palm. And in a sense, she's worshiping him and yet comforting him being his mother. And this is their eternal relationship. And everybody else in the painting is looking to that relationship. They're looking at Christ, but in looking at Christ, they're looking at Mary and she's looking at him. It's such a rich, fascinating painting. Very cool. Again, check him out. I'll put links to these images in the description so you can find that, kylehyman.com. And before we go though, the... Ellie Tullis show is still happening? Sure. Yep. The Ellie Tullis Contemporary Visions of Mary uh, exhibition is up through March 8th. And then in February, we open the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards, which is the best teen art and writing from all of Northern Indiana and some parts of Ohio, about 700 works of art and writing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, check out the museum. Just stop by, say hello, go to the website, fwmoa.org. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Charles and Amanda Shepard. Thank you. Thank you.